At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. Today, we invite you to tune into our current series, Built for More, Church Beyond the Weekend, where we will see what the Psalms teaches us about how life is enriched when we live and serve in community with our church family. The Psalm we're looking at this morning is Psalm 124. So if you have a Bible and you're following along there, if you open up your Bible right to the middle, you'll probably hit one of the 150 psalms, and we are in Psalm 124. Psalm 124, like so many of the psalms written by King David. And here's how it goes. Brothers and sisters, hear the words of our God. A song of a sense of David. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side... Let Israel now say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side when people rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us up alive when their anger was kindled against us. Then the Lord would have swept us away. The torrent would have gone over us. Then over us would have gone the raging waters. So blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, him who made heaven and earth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. One of the unique and oftentimes troubling features of the human condition is our ability to imagine disaster. Even though our physical bodies are tied to the present, our minds travel to the future, envisioning a future with any number of painful circumstances. And really annoyingly, our imaginative trips to the future often take place at night, as we lie in bed trying to sleep. All the distractions of the daytime are gone and we're left to the darkness and silence of night. And it's often then that our minds churn up these visions of disaster. As we were heading into the summer a few months ago and I knew that our kids would be swimming a lot more, one of these nighttime thoughts that got me stirred up was the possibility of them drowning, that scene flying over and over in my mind. Another one for me doesn't even occur consciously. It comes to me in a dream as I sleep, waking me up in a panic way more than a few times. And here's how this one goes. I'm at church here on a Sunday morning for worship. Things are going along smoothly. The service is going well. And it's time for me to stand before you and preach. I look down and I have No notes. Furthermore, I can't remember at all what I'm supposed to say. And my terror is so real that it shakes my body out of my sleep and gives me the shivers even now just thinking about it. What about you? What future scenario haunts your mind? Is it related to danger your children might face? Is it related to the question of whether or not you'll be able to have children? Is it related to your work and whether or not you'll be able to perform? 
able to provide. Or maybe your imagination envisions more political, cultural, global disasters. But whatever it is for you, we can be experts at imagining disaster. And here's the thing about these imaginative disasters that can fill our thoughts. It's always in the future and God's not there. It's a godless future that fills our minds, causing us fear, anxiety, and panic. Well, the text we're looking at today is an antidote to living in the grip of fear. And here's the strategy employed by this psalm. In the psalm, David goes back into the past and imagines the disaster that could have been if God were not for us. So instead of imagining a godless future that's a total disaster, Psalm 124 imagines a God-filled past of disaster that never came. All kinds of things could have gone wrong, but they never did. We could have fallen off the cliff to the left or to the right, but we never did because God was on our side. And the result of this meditation on our God-filled past, the result of this is trust. Trust as we head into the future. Greater trust in God, a conviction, a certainty that God is with us as we go forward. He is our help, our rock, our refuge, and we have nothing to fear. And as the psalm unfolds, we can discern three directions for loosening the grip of fear over our lives. First, Ponder together the favor of God. Ponder together the favor of God. Look again at verse 1. David writes, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when people rose up against us. So David here begins to lay out the fearful threat that God's people faced. When other people rose up against us. Now, as as commonly the case in the Psalms, David does not tell us the specific historical circumstances that he's referencing here. He could be referring to any number of enemies who stood against God's people during his lifetime. He could be thinking of the Philistines. He could be thinking of Absalom's rebellion, Adonijah's rebellion. We don't know. But if you look at verse 3, we see that these people's anger is kindled against them. So these enemies are standing against God's people with kindling rage, with burning rage. And in that same verse, David says, quote, they would have swallowed us alive. You know, it's one thing for a hunter to very carefully, very tactfully very deliberately hunt down their prey. Some of you guys I know who hunt here, you've got it down to almost an art form. But it's a whole other thing for a predator to eat his prey alive. The viciousness goes up tenfold. David says that would have been us. Later in verse 6, David says, Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey into their teeth. So you see, David is drawing out this vision of the past and just how dire it was. Continuing in verse 5 and 4, David uses another image of the danger they faced. Look there. He says, then the flood would have swept us away if the Lord hadn't been on our side. The torrent would have gone over us. Then over us would have gone the raging waters. 
So again, now David has switched images and imagines their enemies as a flood, as a torrent, as raging waters set to sweep them away. And if you guys live or have lived in certain areas, then you're familiar with weather forecast language, flash flood alert, flood watch, flood warning. And you need to be alert because you need to be on watch and be warned because these waters will rush over you in devastating fashion. So notice in these first two images, the image of the predator and the image of the flood waters, David describes their enemies as powerful. They stood against God's people with an advantage of strength. But then in verse 7, there's one more image that's used and highlights a different aspect of their enemy's advantage over them. Listen to verse 7. He says, We have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowlers. So a snare, most of you probably know, is just another word for a trap. And a fowler is someone who hunts birds. So you can just imagine this bird that's caught by a trap flailing around, desperate to escape in fear of its life, in fear of certain doom. David says, that was us. We were outmatched in power by our enemies. We were outmatched in wit by our enemies. They tricked us. They trapped us. So you see what David is doing. His mind is not lost in some godless, anxiety-ridden future. No, he redirects things. His mind is pondering their God-filled past. He's remembering the past when God showed up for us. You recall verses 1 and 2. If it had not been for the Lord, then he repeats himself. If it had not been for the Lord, they would have swallowed us alive. We'd have been overrun by the flood. And then in verse 7, the Lord has not given us his prey to their teeth. The Lord withheld us. So he's looking to the past. He's remembering the fear and danger and panic that was there. And he's pondering the favor of God that delivered them. So maybe your story sounds like this. If it had not been for the Lord, I would have never made it through my miscarriage. If it had not been for the Lord, I would have never made it through the death of my child. If it wasn't for the Lord being on my side, I would have been eaten alive by all the temptation in the world and corruption in my heart. If it wasn't for the Lord, all the discouragement and disappointment and pain and fear and shame that's involved in this broken world, it would have overrun me. I don't know what your story is. I don't know how you'd fill in the blank. If it had not been for the Lord dot, 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 but let's fight fear of the future by pondering the favor of God in the past. And notice verse 1. David says, if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say. So you hear that. He calls on Israel, God's people, He calls on them to speak out and share verbally the way God has shown his favor. Let Israel now speak out what God has done. That's why we said ponder together the favor of God. And so we should ask, who's in your life that you're sharing with about God's favor in your life, praising him for what he's done? And if you don't have those people, 
Again, I want to encourage you to reach out to us and allow us to connect you with one of our life groups because that's one of the habits that each of our life groups has, sharing one another's burdens and celebrating one another's victories, giving glory to God for his grace in our lives. Let Israel now say the way God has delivered us. Ponder the favor of God. David first directs us. Secondly, praise God for his, direction, for his protection. Praise God for his protection. So having looked back to survey the faithfulness of God in the past, David next looks up to praise God for his goodness and grace. Verse 5, David says, Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. So you see what David has done. He has stirred himself up to worship. Remembering God's deliverance, pondering his favor, this strategy continues to keep his eyes off of a godless, fearful future because his eyes are now turned to God in worship. Blessed be the Lord, he shouts. So this is crucial to notice. As David fights fear and anxiety, he doesn't do so by just telling him, stop it. Just stop being anxious. Just stop focusing on your fears. No, instead, he ultimately shifts his focus from his fears to the worship of God. For my first two years out of university, I got a chance to work in administration at a retirement community. And I worked especially in the skilled nursing facility that was a part of this larger continued care retirement community. And the skilled nursing facility was the highest level of long-term care that we offered our residents. So for most of our residents, living in skilled nursing was going to be the last place they lived before they died. And we lost a resident probably every three to four weeks. Death would show up. But one of the things that was really powerful was for a few of these folks that we lost, as their time neared to an end, they would have their loved ones gather around them. And they'd hold hands with their children and grandchildren one last time. And they would sing. They would sing hymns of praise. Even as they lied down for the last time, even as their number of heartbeats drew to a close, even as they faced their final and most powerful enemy death, they shifted their focus from fear of the unknown to the worship of the living God. And I'm telling you, the power coming out of those rooms through those songs stopped me in my tracks. Power to fight fear power to fight anxiety because even in the face of death itself, their eyes were lifted to the Lord in worship. You see, church, we can praise God even in the face of death because God has defeated death through Jesus. This is the good news. This is the gospel that Jesus came and he was given over as prey to the teeth of the wicked when he was pierced through on the cross. Jesus was not spared from the floodwaters of death and destruction, but on the cross, he faced them head on. Death couldn't hold him down. By the power of the Spirit and through the glory of the Father, Jesus rose triumphant over death so that all who trust in him, 
All who take refuge in him, we too will escape like a freed bird from the power of death. So brothers and sisters, let's fight fear through pondering the favor of God in our past, and let's fight fear through praising God for his protection, his protection even in the face of death itself. And finally, David models for us putting your trust in God. Putting your trust in God. Look finally at verse 8. David closes the psalm with this declaration of the shared faith that God's people have in the Lord. He says this, our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. So you notice there the first word in that verse, this first person plural pronoun, our. He doesn't say my help. He doesn't say your help. He doesn't say their help. He says our help. And there's this communal focus throughout the psalm, verses 1 and 2. If it had not been for the Lord who was on our side when they rose up against us. And it stays that way throughout the psalm. Verse 6, blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. So understand, church, this psalm was not written primarily to be sung as a solo. It wasn't. Like so much of the Bible, it wasn't written primarily for you as an individual. It wasn't written primarily for your family. It was written for the family of God. It was written for us to sing, for us to express as the gathered people of God. So, if we're not connected in consistent, authentic, Christ-centered relationships with fellow believers, then there's a whole lot of psalms that we can't sing, at least as they were most intended to be sung. And if we're not connected in consistent, Christ-centered relationships, then there's a whole lot of the Bible we can't obey. Because the Bible was written to us assuming that we were connected in these kind of relationships. And that's exactly what we want to give you an opportunity to be a part of through our life groups. There are struggling people in this room who need to hear your story of deliverance. There are lonely people in this room who need the love and support that your presence can provide. There are doubting people in this room who need the reassurance that your profession of faith provides. Our help, our help is in the name of the Lord, him who made heaven and earth. Because you see, we were made, you were made for more than just yourself. You were made to be in community, real, life-giving community. And Christian, you were saved for more than just yourself. You were saved to be in community, in fear-fighting, faith-promoting community. Communities that are centered around the Lord. Communities where we, wherein we point one another to the Lord and His Word, praying for one another, praising God together, trusting the Lord together. Through every trial, through every fear. And believe me, I know, our groups aren't perfect. We know they're not perfect, but they give you a chance. They give you an opportunity to do what the psalmist is doing here. To live out the pattern of spiritual family laid out in the New Testament. So reach out. We want to help get you connected.
And I pray it would be so. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Church, let's stand. I'll lead us in pray in prayer before we sing in response to God's word. Our Father in heaven, we thank you, God, that we can look back at your faithfulness in each one of our lives. And as tempting and alluring as disastrous thoughts of the future can be, as powerful of a pull as they can have on our minds, Lord, we can look back and see your faithfulness throughout our lives. If nothing else, Lord, we can look back and see the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus your love demonstrated so amazingly in all that he said and all that he did on our behalf. And so, Lord, we turn our eyes to the cross and we stake our hope in his resurrection from the dead. Lord, until then, until he returns, until the end, Lord, we're sojourners, we're pilgrims, we're fellow travelers in this foreign land, in this broken world. And we need encouragement. And so we pray, God, that your spirit would come now. Help our unbelief. Help us believe, God. Help us to cling to the truth of the gospel. And Father, I pray for this community that we could be a brotherhood and sisterhood. We could be a family of friends who encourage one another, who challenge one another, who spur one another on to love and good deeds and continuing to follow Christ. Lord, do this. The body of Christ, a healthy church, is a gift from you ultimately. And so bless us with that, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us as we study God's word together. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head over to woodsidebible.org connect to introduce yourself to us today.